Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an episode of Breaking Bad, episode 10, season 4. Salud! First aired on the 18th of September 2011. It was written by Peter Gould and Jennifer Hutchinson, directed by our bestie, Michelle McLaren. And an exciting one, a great episode. Uh, an episode where there's. Lots of long, elongated scenes, but uh, still plenty to uh, to get excited for and talk about and everything else in between. My name is your great aunt, Birgit, and celebrities get their car washed too, you know. <laughs> My name's Nick, and uh, don't you have standards? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're listening to the Oz Network, <laughs> your... <laughs> Number one podcast talking about Breaking Bad 24 and all those other shows that uh, clearly uh, people watch. I had somebody recently, I said to them, like, oh, yeah, I'm about to record a Breaking Bad episode. And they're like, oh, good to see you keeping up with the times. Like, you know, you're a bit slow in covering that, aren't you? It's like, okay, sure. <laughs> like, the cl- the classics little- never die. Yeah, like what about those Seinfeld podcasts? You going off at them? <laughs> you know, they're a bit old. Um yeah, this is a great episode, Nick. Uh, you know, we're, I mean, I really don't think we're going to be uttering anything else besides that uh, in the coming weeks. Um, they just get getting better and better. But obviously a very famous final sequence that we've got here. But there's plenty of great stuff outside of the, the final sequence that we've got in this episode because this, this episode is pretty darn good. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's fantastic. I think just just about every scene in it is is fantastic in some way. Um, and yeah, some of it's shocking, some of it's quite touching, um, some of it's clever. You know, but all of it's really, really great. Well, I think we get straight into it because we've got our gang of Jesse, Mike, and Gus just chilling in the desert. Because why wouldn't you? Um, and a plane lands uh, <laughs> because private planes all of a sudden are a thing for this crew and uh, they get on board a plane and uh, they fly off uh, and we're going to find out soon where they're going. They're going to be going to a Mexico. Um, and then after the credits, Skylar's trying to call Walt because it is Walter Jr.'s birthday, his 16th birthday. Now, we recently talked about how uh, RJ Mitty had sort of aged a little bit, and, like, I get it. At the end of the day, it's not really a common thing in TV shows to hire an actual 16-year-old. I mean, half the cast of the OC, I think, were in their 30s when they're meant to be playing 17-year-olds. Good for them. But, I mean, RJ Mitty's aged to the point right now that I do not even remotely believe that he is um, 16. But uh, he's up. He wants his breakfast. He's uh, wearing this hideously ugly orange jacket, which, you know, again, I like the color orange, but I, I don't know how I feel about this jacket. 
And uh, Skylar's like, oh, what do you want? Breakfast or lunch? And of course, what does he want? Pancakes. He wants breakfast. And uh, go out, get me the paper, would you, son? And here's your new car. Look at it. It's so good. It's even got a CD player. Uh, Now, I do love Breaking Bad Wiki refers to it as a sensible car, which (laughs) is a 2006 Chrysler PT Cruiser. PT Cruiser, double bruiser. um, Which... I mean, have have the PT cruisers changed at all in the last ten years? They still looks the same as they look today. I don't know. You're talking uh, to the wrong person. Clearly, Walt Junior is not overly thrilled because he wants his he wants his pancakes. Uh, he's like, take the take the car around for the the block. Uh, Skylar says, "Oh no, I just want my pancakes." So um, yeah, it's a good way to start the episode. Private charter flights and uh, PT cruiser double bruiser. Well, it's um, better than the last time we had a plane on the show that didn't end up well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think things are things are better this time around. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not much really to talk about with that scene. It's just kind of kind of setting the scene. The, the thing with the, I just looked up. So RJ Matty was, I think, about 19 at the time this was filmed. So it's not like Andrew Garfield and the Amazing Spider-Man type, you know. But it's <laughs> it's not. It, yeah, he's definitely not 16. You, it's that's a hard one to, to kind of believe. Um, but yeah, I think um, I, I really feel for Skyler here. Because you know she's trying her absolute best, and and you know like regardless of what's going on, to to kind of just have a you know a, a car snub like that, it's got to feel pretty stink. So I feel bad for Skyler on this scene. Yeah, I mean, again, like Walt Junior is a sixteen-year-old teenage boy. You know, it's kind of <laughs> we weren't all that grateful as sixteen-year-olds, were we? But um, yeah, it's uh, it's. Do you do the whole PT Cruiser double bruiser thing, like the punch bug and the the pinch mini? Is that a the the PT Cruiser nah, thing? No, nah, not. Nah, must be a weird Australian thing. No, I think it was a Canadian thing because I only ever did no. the, the the pinch mini and the punch bug. That was all I did. And then when I was in Canada, um, it all of a sudden turned out to be a thing. When you saw a, a PT Cruiser, you punch someone twice. It was PT Cruiser double bruiser. So. You know, there you go. Yeah, you talk about sort of like older actors playing. It just we didn't mention Friends last week, Nick, but it just reminds me of that episode where Joey's like auditioning to play like a sixteen-year-old, and he's like, "Stop with the walk, oh, yeah, yeah. stop the stuff," like whatever the hell he's doing there, um, which is funny. But we got a great. Oh God, what am I saying? A great scene with Ted. Um, Jesus, what's? It's not even the best one. That's happening next week, right? Um, but we got Soul. He's uh, sitting down basically going, oh, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. (laughs) I love that. Um, And he brings in Ted and uh, essentially he's got, I've got some bad news. Your great aunt Birgit from Luxembourg has died. And (laughs) Ted's like, what? Who? Oh, maybe it's good news though. Uh, Essentially, the great aunt Birgit has died. He has been left a total of (laughs) $621,552.33. Uh, and uh, great that it's an inheritance that is going straight to Ted, which I I don't know if this was the exact amount that he owes the IRS, but, I mean, couldn't it, like, have been a bit more, like, you know, like, that's a bit too... Like, how Ted doesn't work this out, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's kind of like you talk about conveniences, that's something that is, comes up. Like, if I, if I owe the tax department $612,817.14 and somebody comes to me and goes, you've inherited $613.820. I'm like, hmm, that's mighty convenient. So, 
Well, I mean, um, we, 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 we've said nice things about, you know, Ted coming back in the last episode. So um, I'm going to like just completely ruin that now. Like the reason that Ted doesn't think anything of us because he's a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> you know, like, like this is this is one of those things like it own, it, this, this storyline only works because Ted is such a moron that, you know, he would actually believe that, you know, somebody's just given him. This is like Prince of Nigeria level stupid, you know, like, <laughs> like how, how he can believe that somebody's just given him all this money. But like, I guess like the whole thing desperate man needs the money doesn't really think about where it's come from you know got a lawyer telling him it's all fine so he just believes it right i i remember my my dad the very first time he got a, an office job he got a laptop and uh hadn't really used the internet before so we went onto one of these websites and it pops up with the you are the one millionth visitor click here yeah. <laughs> and of course my dad believed it and uh, of course he's uh, office to get a virus. So uh, I never forget that story. I'm like, dad, like, come <laughs> on. Like, but again, in, in defense to my father, like I, I, I can't imagine like in 20 years time when we're playing with our kids as like holographic memory chip that we press a button and don't know what it does, that we're probably going to be in the same boat, right? So probably, um, yeah. yeah, probably that way. Um we're back in uh, with our gang in Mexico. They're being driven in a Hummer. They're being blindfolded. There's people with AK-47s. They're driven into this facility. And uh, we've got the whole gang of the cartel essentially around because this is where Jesse is essentially going to be teaching the cartel how to cook Walt's formula. Now, we meet the guy here, the chief chemist, who I believe his character here, I'm looking up on uh, Breaking Bad Wiki, is called Benicio Fuentes. Now, this is the esteemed Carlo Rotta, who I believe has been in lots of things, but any 24 fan will know, this is Morris, this is Chloe's husband from 24, here he is, who, spoiler alert, I believe gets killed. It's been a while since I remember what happens to Morris at the end, but uh, I think he's in 24 for at least two or three seasons. Um, so, yeah, this is actually his only episode of Breaking Bad. I thought he uh, was in it for a lot longer than that. But um, I like Carlo Rodder. I think he's in other things as well. Uh, he's kind of one of these ones that pops up every now and then. But uh, I-, I like him. But I kind of like this sequence here where he's sort of um, sort of being told how to – this is what they do. And, and what's it when he um, says here that, oh, um, where's the, the phenolytic acid or whatever it is? And it's kind of like, oh, we make it ourselves. And what does Jesse say? Like, oh, I just go to the barrel with the B on it or something like that. <laughs> like, I kind it's of just like funny how- because, like, I always, I always thought that the methylamine was the one with the with the B on it. So I'm I'm learning things here. Well, hey, like I, I didn't even pay attention that much, you know. Like this goes to show how much I pay attention to it there. But um, I love kind of just like this sequence here where Jesse's almost turned into Walt even more. So when we had this couple of seasons ago, didn't we, when we went out to the desert with Badger and he was being all like particular about kind of the equipment in the RV, but now he's really turned into it. Like, like this lab is disgusting. Like you can't work in these conditions and there's no way I can do this. You have to do it my way. And I kind of love him standing up here to um, the, the, the chemist here when he realizes he speaks English and basically calls him an asshole. And it's like, I speak English. And it's like, oh, so you understand what asshole means then? Like, like, you know, if you want me to cook here, you know, you are going to do it my way, uh, which is just so good. I love kind of the shots of like Gus's face where even Gus has kind of got like this little smirk on his face almost, you know, like, hey, this this kid's come a very long way as well. But um, 
I love it. Like, I just kind of like this whole sequence here where you just got badass Jesse, uh, essentially, um, going there. Even Mike's kind of got, like, this look on his face, too, where he's like, okay. So, and then you see uh, the, the chemist guy basically starting to make some conversations. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a long scene, but, uh, again, I, I really like it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, uh, trying to, in the background, I'm just trying to find out, like, a, a, around the the – uh, phenylenic acid or whatever it's called and um, and methylamine and trying to figure out what the two of them, how they're different, but I'm not a chemist, so I'm going to have to kind of let that issue die. Um, but, but but yeah, I think it is really good and I think it's a whole thing of like, um, you know, like Jesse is doing what he needs to do, you know, like he's, um, he needs to be authoritative in this moment and, um, and, and kind of leave no doubt that he knows what he's doing. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it's really, really good. It's a, it's a great scene um, and I just like the whole thing about you know this place is a mess you know we've got time to clean up this you know no wonder your product shit and you need my help type of thing and yeah you just kind of see this like approving kind of nod um from from um gus at the end of it which i think is great yeah we get an, a, another great scene here uh with walt jr basically oh, can i just up. stop you just as, yes. just as we're talking about walt jr pulling up here and we talked a little a little bit ago um a, a couple of seasons back actually about um about Marie and her car and how come she doesn't have a purple car? What does does this not look like a purple car to, to you? Like why is this not Marie's car? Or is it that just is- a very bright blue? I, I can't really tell the difference. I uh, don't think I really paid that much attention to it, but I shall have a quick little squeeze at it right now because uh, that is a very valid point if that is the case. Like if, if they're basically being able to find it, ah... Uh, it's almost like a violety kind of bluey. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't call it. I'd call that more blue. But um, right, okay. Yeah, I don't know, but like it's it's more purple than Marie's car, the the bug. Yeah, yeah, so maybe, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Maybe our riders just love kind of um, cars that cause injuries in terms of punch bugs and PT <laughs> cruises, double bruises, basically. Um, but yeah, so Walt Jr. shows up hideous orange jacket um dinging on the doorbell calls up and uh, we see uh poor old uh walt blood on his um sheet the scene when he kind of like peels the sheet off his face is a bit like oh like some of the stuff we've seen on the show like the violence we've seen on the show and that's one of the things that makes my stomach turn the most is watching him kind of peel that sheet off his face it's disgusting yeah but it was great a great effect though the way they've kind of Mm. done it so mm. it's uh, it's pretty uh, kind of clever, but I do like. I kind of question. Like I, I get it. He's he's kind of been bashed by Jesse. He's not feeling good, but the way he kind of just opens the garage door and he's just in his tidy whities and it's just like, come on, in son. Like, I don't know how you'd feel about guy rocking up to your dad's house and he shows up in his underwear. Um, I think it's just an. I think it's just in Brian Cranston's contract that he has to be in his tidy whities at least once per. You know, like <laughs> he's not grabbing himself this time. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> you want to come in? You want to come in right here? Um, <laughs> hasn't shown his ass in a while, so uh, there you go. Um, but obviously, Walter Jr. is like, you know, what's happening? You know, kind of what's been going on? And uh, Walt sort of breaks down and, and says that, uh, yeah, it's it's got into a fight because of his gambling. Don't tell your mum. And Walt Jr. takes him back to bed. And we kind of get a little moment here where um, Walt calls uh, Walt Jr. Jesse, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> you know, like kind of this sort of father-son sort of relationship that we've uh, obviously talked a little bit about along the way. Uh, and then back at the Super Lab, I, I just kind of love the entire cartel just filming him. Like, There's, there's got to be at least like 
30, 40 guys around here just going for it. And as Jesse completes his first cook, we've got this... I want to know what this machine is that you just kind of like. It kind of looks like one of these things you see at the airport when they swipe your bags and sort of see test you for drugs. But essentially, we're we're testing Jesse's formula and we're looking at the numbers going up. It is ninety six point two percent pure. Everybody celebrates. Um, not quite at the ninety nine percent, but it's still uh, better than what the cartel are producing. And uh, we find out now that uh, Jesse belongs to the cartel now to which obviously Jesse had no clue about because you can sort of tell from his reaction and we're going to get uh, quite a little important moment about this and kind of what the whole plan is here very soon with Gus and everyone as well. But um, mm. I just I, I, I like this sequence. Like I, I like kind of the way when he's, he's testing it. I love how you kind of got that shot, the overhead shot of all the, the people and then kind of you see them all like bunching in closer, like, oh, better get closer to the machine. And you got all the people on the catwalk above like, oh, what's going on here? Like the cartel fucking love getting their drugs tested for purity. Like this is like this is then the most entertaining pack part of their week, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I love the kind of like their kind of like beige onesies as well. You know, like <laughs> just like the, like the full on orange. Like we just talked about color, and, and they're in kind of like these beige ones. It's uh, that it, yeah, it's quite interesting. I, I mean, I, I love the kind of um, Walt, Walt Junior scene, and the one we're going to get after that, I think, is even better. But um, yeah, great, great scene, and a good opportunity for RJ Mitty to actually, you know probably play a bigger role than he normally does on the show so like i'm really stoked for him that he kind of gets an opportunity to actually do a bit of acting um you know sustained acting it's not just like one or two little short scenes he actually gets to do something in this episode which i think is great and yeah i absolutely love this now i wonder if this is the actual machine they use it looks very similar like you kind of like inject and you know inject into this small hole and then like the number comes up it seems a bit weird but um yeah it's effective for for, for the show isn't it in terms of kind of showing this and i do love how kind of jesse's like nervous himself you know like he's not entirely sure um whereas you know if it was walt he would be in no doubt you know yep this is definitely good but you know jesse's not entirely sure and so yeah i, I think it's really cool how you know he's kind of nervous as well and you know really excited when you get you know when it comes up as 96.2 he's he's really excited yeah i i agree it's sort of i, I like that and like yeah i like your the your point about the walt jr and obviously the scene we're about to get um because we don't really get a whole lot of, you know, Walt and Walt Jr. stuff. And, and when we do, like, it's, it's good to kind of get this. Because is this really the last kind of sequence we'll ever get with these two really having, like, deep and meaningfuls? Like, I mean, it's not the last time we're ever going to see them together. But, like, I mean, I feel like we don't yeah. really get anything I mean, that deep, do we? Yeah, I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but, you know, it's pretty rare. These are these are not something they do lots of. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's good when you get it. I agree. I agree. Um, we are at the car wash, working at the car wash. How have we never sung that song before? Um, and Sol shows up in a like a like a beige suit with a pink yeah. shirt and a purple tie and the ribbon. Um, yeah, it's quite the look. Is it bad that I really like it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good Halloween costume, if nothing else. It, you know, it reminds me. We talk again. Here comes Nip Tark. Download our full series re- recap. Um, that when Christian used to wear the bright coloured shirts, and we used to always talk about mm. like Christian could pull it off, like because he kind of mm. would wear these like suit. But sometimes Soul doesn't quite pull it off. But um, I do kind of like when he shows up and Skylar's like, "What are you doing here?" And like the line, like, celebrities have to get their car washed just like everybody else, like. Oh, I love it. So good. But we find out that your idiot Ted that as you said before, um, what does he what does he call him? Johnny Fabulous or something like that? Um <laughs> yeah. 
He's uh, essentially gone and leased himself a Mercedes, um, which I, d- I do love kind of the way Sol explains. He's like, oh, he actually got a pretty good deal. <laughs> like, and he's like even splurged on the heated steering wheel. Now, laugh all you want at a heated steering wheel. I was lucky enough to own a BMW for about six weeks of my life. It had a heated steering wheel. And I'm telling you now, when it's in freaking Canadian winter and it's cold and you get in that car and you turn on your heated seats and your heated steering wheel, you never go back. And since being in Australia and I'm driving a shitty Toyota, which is probably not even in the realms of a heated steering wheel possibility, you miss the heated steering wheel on a cold day. So you may laugh at a heating steer- heated steering wheel thinking that's just like a luxury, but telling you how, you get one of those things, Nick, you will never look back. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine it has its uh, its time and place. I mean, the heated the heated seats are, are, are a good thing in winter, aren't they? So yeah, I can see the I can see the value. It it, it works, it works. But uh, yes, um, dumb old Ted, and uh, obviously Skylar's uh, trying to find out uh, where he is. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll sort of include the this other scene with Walt and Walt Junior. Um, Walt's wearing the most hideously ugly dressing gown I have ever seen, but. Um, not to take away from the epicness of this scene, Walter Jr. slept on on the couch and we get this great sort of scene of, of Walt basically telling Walt Jr. about memories of his father, that what he died when he was like five or six or something along those lines. And he only really has this one memory of him, this sort of gurgling, whirring, clicking, whatever sound it is when his father was dying essentially. And, you know, he, he, he wishes he had more memories and he doesn't want Walt Jr. Uh, essentially to remember him this way. And uh, I love kind of like Walt Jr. there is saying that like, no, like that's that's not what he's going to remember him for, that uh, he was real essentially and, you know, he will remember him there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm underselling a lot. Like it's kind of, it's one of these sort of dialogue heavy scenes that I feel you really need to watch to kind of take, I'm, I'm never going to, you know, sell it the way it is to kind of watching it. But um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing scene. Great, great sort of between these two. And I'll just sort of cap it off there, but Walt Jr. drives off, Walt goes outside and Tyrus just kind of shows up. It's like, there's somewhere you should be. Uh, so there it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, two kind of, uh, you know, good scenes here, particularly the Walt and Walter Jr. scene. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's really good. And, um, yeah, that line that you kind of said there, you know, about, you know, he's been real last night. He was real in a way that he hasn't been in the last year, I think is really important that, you know, it just reminds you that while Walt's, you know, telling these lies and, and he thinks that he people don't notice. So he, he is a different person to his family and they notice. And and I think that that's kind of an important thing. And yeah, I think RJ Muddy kind of knocks it out of the park here and it's, you know, often, not often we actually get a chance to talk about him and, and what he brings to the show. So it's a really good time to kind of just, you know, note that he's done a pretty awesome job with the scene. And um, yeah, I, I, I think it's really, really good. Um, yeah. Uh, there's not too much more to say about it, really. I think it, I think it is just a great scene, and it's it's kind of good. I do like the whole thing of like Walt talking about, you know, his kind of impressions of his father have kind of been formed based on the memories that other people have told him that he hasn't been able to form, you know, memories of of his father on his own. And I think that's quite an interesting kind of point to to kind of raise. So yeah, I, I do like that point as well. I think it's 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 a really interesting one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Skyler ones like that's more of a functional scene, but it is a really good scene as well. Of you know, any time kind of Saul's in the picture, it's always going to be worth watching, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And we're going to get one more sort of Skyler scene here before we kind of get into the real meat and potatoes of this episode. Um, but Skyler confronts Ted, and dumbass Ted 
oh, I got a big old cash infusion. Great aunt Birgit and sort of says he can get the business up and running again and he's gotten the Mercedes to keep up appearances and like, oh, great news. And Skyler's basically like, you dumbass, pay your fucking taxes. <laughs> and Ted's like, it's my inheritance. I can do with it what I want to, <laughs> which Skyler's basically like, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> like, I gave you the money, bitch. Um, so, I mean, the one thing I will say, weirdly defend, this isn't defending Ted, but I do like that line from Ted when he's like, kind of like, you know, what concern is this to you? Like, you know, you ended things like you, I'm nothing to you now. Um, which I mean, he has a point, but at the same time, you know, he doesn't because Skylar's names attached to all this sort of stuff and she kind of needs to make sure this is, uh, fixed. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, that's, that's a quick summary of just dumbass Ted and, um, Obviously, we're about to get some real chunky stuff right now. No more talk about Ted until next week when he's in a great scene. But, um, yeah, anything to add on this little scene? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah, just just Ted being a complete idiot. And, you know, just like Skylar's just got no time for this at this point. She's just like, <laughs> sort your shit out or things are going to get worse for you, which, you know, spoiler alert, they are, you know. But I think it's, you know, that whole thing of, you know, like Skylar has tried to, tried to play it a certain way that's going to help Ted and now she's just not interested. She just, you know, wants him to do the right thing so that her nose is clean and she just she just doesn't have patience for Ted and his nonsense at this point, which I'm kind of you know, am grateful for, to be honest. Now, this whole last sequence, I think it's about 13 minutes, which um, I might sort of do what you did last week and kind of sort of break it up a little bit just because um, obviously there's a bit to unpack and, and obviously kind of go over here. But we're, we're back in Mexico. We're at uh, Don Eladio's, uh place. Essentially, it's called pool area great sort of like mm-hmm. uh, is this an actual house in albuquerque like i i'm assuming it is i'm we know they don't really go to mexico but i, I want to go to this house this is a nice house yeah yeah i can imagine it is I, I don't actually know the the filming location but um there might be something there in terms of um filming locations um the pool scene is filmed at a residence in nearby plaquitas in okay. new mexico Right. Um, so the home, the home is located. It's got the Google, Google one. So you can have a look there. The Google sat- satellite view shows the pool. So you can actually look at the Google earth and find the pool if you really, really want to. So, um, yeah, the, it, it's, it's in New Mexico basically. Yeah. 491 State Highway 165 Placatus, New Mexico. So, uh, there you go, Nick. Whenever we do our little road trip to, uh, to Albuquerque, we can, uh, Knock on that. It's actually, yeah, looking at kind of the overhead shot, it's um kind of not like it's in like this doesn't really have many neighbors. Like they've got some good land around it, basically. Right. Um which uh it's it's nearby Sandoval County Fire Station 41. There you go. Um but I'm not really you kind of zoom out and it doesn't really show like it's not that close to Albuquerque. So um Huh, interesting. Anyway, who cares? It's a great, it's a great house. I want to live there. Whoever's listening, if you own that house, I'll buy it off you for like 10 bucks. But um, so Jesse's essentially questioning Mike, uh, saying like, I don't want to stay here. What the hell's going on here? And I love that line from Mike when he's like, either we're all going home or none of us are. Uh, and you also got Gus kind of looking into the pool. He's got like these pills, which he, he takes a pill and there's a, box we should have mentioned that we saw them when they got on the plane that um that they were carrying sort of like a present um donaldio is back and a whole gang of uh, people including gaff is there and uh 
do kind of like him. Don Ladio basically saying that, like, I'm happy you've come to your senses. And uh, we obviously think this is, you know, Gus back to that phone call of sort of last episode that, like, you know, yep, uh, the answer is yes. Um, our our chemist man essentially is uh, bagging out Jesse for, you know, his uh, shitty training methods. But Dolatia basically rips into him saying, like, who cares? All your fancy degrees you couldn't uh, quite do what uh what jesse could do here and i, I kind of like the way he's like welcome to mexico <laughs> like yeah, the way yeah he's kind of like talking to um jesse there and who is it says to him like you you will uh refer to him as like don Eladio, like here's your new boss now essentially kind of reminds me of um captain phillips like i am the captain now <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah doing that uh then Eladio sees this box uh there it is it's a present and it's a bottle of, um, is it Zafiro? And I, I can't pronounce it, um, but uh, an expensive tequila, very premium. Now, is this real? Like, is this something made for the movie, uh, the, the episode? Or, like, I can open this page up on Breaking Bad to see if it's real or not. Um, well, I think it probably is, like, an actual, like, a brand, if I was going to take a guess. Um, no, it's not. I no. Say. It oh, is okay. not. It is a fictitious right. brand of tequila created by the writers of Breaking Bad. Uh, it was created to after finding a product placement fell through after uh, being told that the scene contained people dropping dead minutes after drinking their product. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can probably understand that. Apparently, it is seen later on in Better Call Saul. You see it in Season 2, Season 3, and Season 4. So, uh, there's your throwbacks for our Better Call Saul coverage coming up later on at some point when we can uh, eventually remember that. Uh, but I, I do kind of like when um, Donaldio is here, like waiters, like there's just like four waiters just standing there chilling, like in their fucking little penguin suits, already with glasses, like they they're ready to go, they're ready to celebrate. Is he expecting this to be a present? Um, so they all kind of show up with the glasses, they pour it, um, gives one to Jesse, but it's like uh, he's like basically like no no no, he's an addict, like don't don't give him any. Um, and then just as they're about to toast. Kind of Don Ladio looks at him and is kind of like, oh, you know, like what's going on here? And then um, we see Gus swallow it. So, uh oh, definitely couldn't be poisoned, could it? Um, so uh, down the hatch, and uh, I like his line, like when he's like, bring in the chicas. Um, which I'll say, like I was watching this in my language, so I don't have the subtitles on the one that I was watching. So I've discovered there's a, an app where it has this, the transcript anyway for the episode, so it helps. So I can sort of be reading on my phone, but this transcript website didn't have the english subtitles for this scene so like i i still kind of obviously having watched it before knowing what's happening i i understand like the little bits and then i understand the bring in the chicas or whatever he is when he yeah. says um so i might just kind of go to just when gus goes to the bathroom um sort of we get all these bikini clad women hanging out with all these gang members uh chilling around the pool uh, obviously, I, I'm assuming they're all escorts um, <laughs> because I don't see these women hanging out with these men. But, hey, it's, it's Mexico. It's cartel. You're not going to say no. Um, and then you sort of got Donaldio here uh, kind of berating poor old Gus who's just sitting here looking all calm and everything and basically saying, like, you know your place. Like, you, you've come into the right spot. Like, you know, there's no place for emotion in this and, you know, you should understand and kind of like, you know, just basically – goating gus goes to the bathroom and um can i just say i like i love i fucking love 
Again, just any proper Gus moment, taking off the jacket, folding it up so properly, removing the glasses, gets the towel, folds it so properly in front of the toilet, and then you're like, what's going on here? And he shoves his fingers down the throat and goes for the vom. Um, so I might, I might just kind of cap it there. I know sort of uh, there's some key stuff happening around him, the reason why he's uh, shoving the fingers down the throat. But, um, yeah, I mean, a bit to unpack there before we kind of get to the uh, the closing sequence of this whole sequence. Yeah, I think I actually love the very first shot of this, which is basically kind of um, you've got um, Gus kind of standing at the pool exactly where, you know, Max was shot, um, you know, and him kind of like standing there and you kind of see his reflection as he's kind of standing at poolside. And I think it's just like a good little reminder of us of like, yeah, we're, we're back in the same spot, you know, like you didn't really need it because it was only two episodes ago, but I appreciate that the, the show likes to just remind us of, hey, this is, you know, we're back where we were a couple of episodes ago and we're going to be dealing with the same people and yes i i really like it i think this is all um it's all really good and i mean um straight away you're kind of um you know, you know it, it's really obvious that there's a there's a power imbalance here you know that that donald is in charge and 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 gus is you know subservient to him um from from don's perspective so so yeah i think i think it's really really good i think um it is one of those things where it does feel a little bit kind of um you know, I, I guess there there are moments where it feels a little bit um, convenient. You know, like the whole thing about about Jesse. You know, it could have easily have been like, I don't care, he's going to have a drink. This is a big moment. You know, so I, I think there is a few moments like that where it, it, it all works out perfectly. But you know, it's a TV show. You're not going to be too worried about that kind of stuff. Um, the salute thing, obviously, you know, that means health. Um, so you know, drinking to your health um, is is um, the reason for the episode title, um, of course. Um, and yeah, the whole kind of bring in the girls type of thing yeah that's that's really fun as well um and yeah i i think just kind of like the the scene is set and um i do like the fact that we're we're not using the kind of um sepia tone coloring that we had in the hermanos you know like this so just to kind of really set the scene that this is you know this is present day it's not not in the past and i think that that's really important um i do kind of like when we've kind of got this party scene and you've got kind of gus and and um and jesse kind of just like sitting there not really wanting to be a part of it and jesse kind of gets this woman kind of like thrown in his lap basically um and you kind of like you see mike in the background just kind of standing there it's kind of that you know you can see they're all feeling pretty uncomfortable with the situation so yeah i think it's uh, the scenes the scenes perfectly set for for where it goes next which, as we are about to see, um, everyone's having a good old time and all of a sudden Donaldio can't hold his cigar and he notices everybody around him starts falling over. We see uh, Gus able to open the door because he's a goon that's basically walked him to the bathroom. He's collapsed at the door too. Everyone's fallen around and uh, Gaff sort of noticing that something's going on and then poor old Gaff gets the gaff around the, the neck, essentially. I love Jesse's reaction, kind of this, like, panicked way he kind of, like, gets up and kind of, like, gets off the chair. And then Gus walks uh, back out. All the chicas are running away, stealing their money. And uh, Donaldio kind of gives Gus a look. And uh, what does he say to him? Like, this was you. And then he falls flat into the pool. And uh, Donaldio's dead. And then Mike grabs his necklace uh, around there. Obviously, it's going to play a role, uh, kind of like proof we're going to get with um, Hector at some point. And then we sort of hear some noises coming out there. I, lo- I just love Gus here. Like, you know, Donaldio is dead. Everyone's dead. You've got nothing else to fight for. And this is kind of when he's starting to collapse too. So clearly he's taken some sort of pill to help with the poison. And he's also 
gone for the VOM, but obviously some of this is still affecting affecting him. Um, but yeah, Gus just yelling like, what does he say? Like, fight me or die. Um, like, it's so good. And then they're all rushing out. Um, Jesse's got a gun. Mike's got a gun. And all of a sudden, a bit of a shootout ensues. And poor old Mike gets shot just as Gus gets put in the car. And then Jesse turns into a badass, fires up a couple of rounds, kills the guy. I just, I love that like quick editing. It's kind of like it's like a flick with every single mm. bullet shot, isn't it? It's like pew 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 pew. Like it's just yeah. back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's so freaking effective. It's so goddamn good. Um, and then they get in the car. Jesse's got to drive. Speed off. End of episode. Um, just amazing. Like I mean, you kind of said I think at the beginning about how this is kind of just a few long scenes, but like. Nothing drags out at all in this episode, and just like this final sequence, like this is the just to put it out. These are the villains that we are watching here, and we're tense and worked up that the villains are in trouble. That oh no, we can't have Mike and Gus dying. Like you know, like you're not doing this in TV. Like Darth Vader is not getting killed. Well, maybe Darth Vader. I don't know, but like it's just you're not cheering for these, <laughs> really. Mm. Uh, Darth Vader in Empire Strikes Back, you're not cheering for when he's dying. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's epic. It's so good. Action, like, talk about the action in this show. Just gets, it's shot so well. And just, um, it's also so powerful. Like, we've only known Don Ladio for like two episodes, but it's kind of like his death is pretty goddamn powerful. So, yeah, of course, I'm nominating this as a potential top five. Again, probably won't make it, but, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty epic, pretty, pretty epic ending. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And it's one of the most kind of, um, I think, iconic scenes in, in the show. Um, I think the problem we've got with this is, you know, if we if we do want to put it in the top five, it's like, where do we call it? Because we can't put a 13-minute scene, you know, in, into, a, into a top five. It just is ridiculous, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think there's just there's so many elements to this that I like. I love the kind of camera angle, you know, where you see Don Eladio kind of drop the cigar, you know, it's kind of from, from the, you know, from his feet, basically. And you kind of see this, this cigarette fall in slow motion. It's, it's really cool um and yeah just like you kind of see these people kind of you know like kind of dropping like flies it is it is really really impressive and i just i love kind of the look on gus's face as he kind of comes out and faces don Eladio. you know i think that's you know that kind of moment of you know he's got his revenge and i think it's it's um it, it, it's really really you know powerful kind of watching that happen um and yeah just kind of like as you say like the kind of the ending where jesse kind of actually has to turn to this badass and you know like these guys have got now got their life to you know they've got jesse to thank for that um which i think it makes things really interesting that you know we've got this this whole plot going on that he's supposed to be trying to kill gus and this would be a really easy way of kind of you know he could just do it right here and and but you know there's reasons why he can't he's stuck in the middle of mexico and so and and obviously i think it's just you know the blood's pumping and he's just going to do what he needs to do um i think you know the fact that mike takes an injury here is really important as well because um you know like mike's been this kind of guy who's been you know almost you know like in god mode hasn't he like nothing seems yeah. to touch him and now all of a sudden he's got this real serious injury so i think that's a really big moment as well yeah i think it's just like this intense scene where just there's so much going on it is just really really you know it's awesome this, this is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show i think just because I, I think it's just um it's so chaotic but it's just there's so much happening and like you say you know, like this is a villain and we're kind of cheering for him to kind of get his revenge and i think it's a testament to the writing and the 
acting of these characters that we really care about what happens to them you know like it is it's a real moment to to think about what's happened to them so um yeah i mean i i absolutely love it from that perspective um and yeah i think one thing that's kind of really interesting and, and we'll talk about it in the kind of opening scenes of next episode but you know this is kind of real cause and effect stuff you know that he does this and therefore what happens next kind of leads to what happens you know in the episode after that and i do like that we've got this kind of piling on of of issues one after the other that kind of leads to what ultimately happens at the end of the season so you know if this didn't happen here potentially what happens at the end of the season wouldn't happen and, and we can talk more about that when we get there but i do like this kind of cause and effect and uh i guess probably the last thing i'd say is you know it's good to see good to see a good old-fashioned garroting on tv you know you don't see them very often so it's yeah. not nice to get a slightly different kind of uh, you know method of death here i, I do quite appreciate that which it's actually interesting. One thing to think about too is that, um, you know, really in the last few episodes, Walt's almost taking a back seat, isn't he? Like, I mean, we're yeah, getting, we're yeah, getting, absolutely. we are getting some Walt stuff. Like, it's still, he's still there, but like the beginning of this season, like Gus was barely in it and there was all Walt, but now it's kind of Walt's there, but like we're all on board the Gus train right now. Like, this is where it's like really crazy to think um, that that's kind of happening. And, and you might almost argue that is this where Walt is kind of the bad guy now? And I'm not saying Gus is a good guy because he's not a good guy, but like, I mean, it's just, it's, this is where I've always said I'm team Gus and kind of, I almost like I'm on board with what Gus has done here because like, I, I'm, I want the revenge that he gets and kind of like moving forward now, like he's just protecting his business. So like, I mean, yeah, like all the Walt fans can hate on me for saying that, but I, I don't know, like I'm definitely still more on board with Gus and it is, like as you said, kind of what it's going to lead to and kind of in the last few episodes with Walt and what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's fascinating. It's so fascinating, but it's, yeah, it's so good. Such such a great sequence. I mean, God, we, we I just don't know how we're going to do a top five this season. It's just, it's ridiculous basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, salute is uh, Spanish for health and used in, in a toast. Um, also on the trivia, uh, most of the unidentified cartel gangsters are named in the next one. So we actually learn that, uh, yeah, I mentioned the chemist is Benicio Fuentes. We have Don Paco, Don Cesar, Don Ronaldo, Don Artuna, Don Cisco, Don Luis, and Don Escalada. Lots of Dons there. Um, and then the guy that Jesse kills is Joaquin Salamanca, who is apparently the grandson of Hector. So there you go. Um, oh, no, there's 12 bodies shown in an aerial shot. And it is seen, uh, so we learn that, oh, I'm spoiling next week, Joaquin was the last of the Salamanca family. So there you go. Um, the number eight seems to appear conspicuously throughout this episode. The bruise on Jesse's face, the airplane's tail number, the clouds, the White's house number. This may be a reference to episode eight of the season, Hermanos, where the flashback of uh, his partner getting murdered. That, that's kind of clever. Um, the license plates are from the state of Mikohokan. Mi- 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 that place in Mexico. Um, so... <laughs> There you go. Uh, and the, well, here's an interesting one. Spoiler alert in some way, but this is the last episode that Mike ever sees Gus. There you go. I'll just leave that there. Just leave that there. Um, yeah, Hank and Marie don't appear in this episode. However, they appear in a deleted scene. And as shown through the camera used to record Jesse's cook, it takes about seven and a half hours to make a batch of blue meth. There you go. Eight hour day, fit it in. Doing all right? Like, <laughs> not too bad. Mm. Um, do I do I need to uh, 
Actually, hang on. Here's a here's a mistake. Here's a here's a fact for you for those at home getting angry about the Huntington's disease that uh, Walt points out. Uh, he mentions that his dad was tested for Huntington's disease when he was a kid and resulted negative. This is not possible as the disease was mapped in 1983 and the gene identified in 1993. So, oh, well, <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Come on. I uh, can't have that now, can we? Um, do I need to ask what we're doing with this episode or is that a dumb question? Um, well, it probably is a dumb question, but we have to do it, don't we? Um, so, yes. yeah, I mean, it's a buy for me. It's uh, one of the highest buys. Um, I've got this at number three um, in my ranking. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that that's kind of recognises just how good this episode is. I think it's one of one of the best from start to finish. It's one of the most memorable. Um, I think people remember this episode. And, yeah, like I say, I think it kind of just – it's like a perfect little stepping stone that gets us from, you know, where we were to, to where we'll go in the next few episodes. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think great episode. Absolutely no complaints from me about this one. 100% buy from me. Uh, I'll say where I'm putting it in just a second. I'm just saying the ring has got it at 20th, so they've gotten a bit smarter <laughs> this week apparently um <laughs> well i mean I, I i laugh at that but actually you know like I, I the season five is the big unknown for me like you know like how how many of those episodes are, are you know because you look at imdb they're all like you know 9.5 or over just about and you know am, am i going to feel the same way that'll be an interesting discussion for next time so while i've got this at, at three I, I expect it probably will be in my top 20 quite comfortably by the end of this but uh never say never i suppose They've got, so we're looking ahead of this, so 19's a season 5 episode, 18's a season 5 episode, 17 is Phoenix from season 2, 16 was Hermanos, we've already had, 15 half measures from season 3, Fly, 14, uh, season, uh, number 13's a season 5 episode, number 12, Better Call Soul, number 11's a season 5 episode, number 10, season 1, so does I have, oh, so... Well, next week's episode's in the top 10, uh, so there's a bit of a spoiler alert. Uh, season 5, Season 5, Pilots at number 6, Box Cutters at number 5, One Minute's at number 4, uh, the finale of this season's at number 3, then Season 3 at number 2, and then uh, the very obvious number 1, which I'm sure we know sure. what that one is. But uh, I have ranked this at the grand position of 7th. So it's in my top 10. I haven't quite got it as high as you, but uh, still solid for me enough. I've got it just ahead of Crazy Handful of Nothing and just below and the bags in the river. Um, I, I, I really am ranking some of them. I mean, Pilot and, and the bags in the river are still in my top six. And I guess, you know, I, I guess kind of I, I appreciate just kind of that closing of in the bags in the river enough as kind of just that, that moment for me of Breaking Bad and Walt and everything along those lines. But still, yeah, I, I again, I don't know if that will mean this will make the top 10 for me at the end of this, given uh, what we've got to come with some of the episodes. But um, yeah, I love this episode. It's it's great. Like I, I still stand by I like Hermanos just a little bit better just with everything around the, the, the Gus Fring power hour. But uh, it's still some great stuff in this one as well. But um yeah, so still just remind me, have you have you got this higher or lower than um, Hermanos? Just interesting lower. as like kind of lower. So you got this lower, okay? Yeah. yeah so I, Hermanos like, is at three and Salud right. is at seven. So okay, yeah. Right. So not four spots lower, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not that bad. Nick, next week, um, holy crap, crawl space. Um, now I my speed rewatch of this recently. I messaged you about halfway through and I basically said you said to you, fuck Crawl Space is an amazing episode. Uh, <laughs> you replied with something to do with Ted, which, you know, makes it a good episode. But, <laughs> I mean, 
the closing of this episode is is up there as one of the most famous scenes of Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the other week how we had the, you know, I'm the one who knocks, I am the danger. I mean, this this scene in this episode gets shown basically all the time up there with those. Uh, it's probably one of the arguably the most shown scenes of this television show. And when I said at one point in this season, oh, there's four key moments of this season which will make the top five, I completely forgot about this scene. So that's where I'm saying that we've maybe got our five already mapped out just in, in obvious terms that, you know, there's not a whole lot of debate. But outside, again, this is similar to what we were talking about when it came to um, the episode of Fuse. Like, there's still great stuff around one famous scene. There, I... I like everything about crawl space is just amazing. Like I was just sucked on the edge of my seat when I rewatched this. I mean, I've had my number one uh, as better call soul. What since season two, I haven't even touched that. I mean, I'm saying right now that better call Soul's in danger next week of uh, moving from number one. Cause I fucking love crawl space. It is a absolutely fucking amazing episode of breaking bad and amazing episode of television. Yeah, I mean, you've you've said it all there, really. It's yeah, it is just it's phenomenal. Um, I think again, I think like it is one of those ones that when people think about our oh, top episodes of of um, you know season four, I think they often go to kind of the one we've just watched and face off and box cutter. I think those are the ones that because they have this real memorable moment. Um, whereas I think the next one, like pound for pound, like in terms of episodes is maybe like just from start to finish one of the best pieces of TV, you know, like I've ever seen. Um, and, you know, so while it has its fantastic moments, it also is just like a incredibly intense, you know, dramatic kind of crazy kind of 47 minutes of TV. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to unpack it. That's for sure. And I actually will correct myself to, very, very famous scenes. I forgot that uh, one of the other five scenes that I'm thinking of of being a guaranteed lock for our top five is in next week's episode as well. I thought that was in the episode after, but then it kind of clicked like that doesn't make sense with how the episode ends. So um, we get the two, and like, I think, are they not like almost end to end of each other, aren't they? So we've kind of got one really iconic scene. I think there's like a brief scene in between, and then we get the closing of it, which is a very famous scene. So I mean, that in itself, to have two very iconic scenes in one episode as well, just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're hosting it, so uh, lock yourself <laughs> in for that one. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm so excited to talk about Crawl Space. It really is such a great episode. In the meantime, if you're enjoying our episodes here, you might enjoy our 24 coverage, our lost coverage, anything else we've got going on. You'll find out how to subscribe. End of this show, we've got it all in our great little spiel in the credits where I put on a funny voice and pretend not to be me. But... Get involved because we love you listening and that's why we do this, both of you. It's fantastic. But we'll be back next week for Crawl Space. Uh, In the meantime, my name is Ben and you're staying. You belong to the Oz Network now. (laughs) My name's Nick and what is this shit? Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)